Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the opportunity to hang out with Fran Stefanik from the band Dead Tired over Zoom video. You might recognize the name Franz Stefanik from tattooing. Yes, it's the same Franz. He is an extremely successful tattoo artist, but he's also an incredible guitar player. So he tells us about his journey in music, a little bit about tattooing, but a lot about his uh, musical career. He started off on piano at a very early age. His dad was a piano player. He moved from piano on to saxophone. Did that for a few years and actually played in a ska band. He was a saxophone player in a ska band. In high school is when he started playing guitar, Uh, joined a couple bands in high school. He talked about a talent show that his high school band played, and they got the the power pulled in like 30 seconds. He said they just came out, started like breaking stuff, just getting super aggressive. The vocalists started screaming, and the school's like, nope, and they just pulled the plug on him. When he finished high school is when he really started to get into tattooing. He had a tattoo apprenticeship. And that career path really took off for him, so he had to kind of put music on the side. Years later, he was in another band that had some success. They would do quite a bit of touring and play a bunch of shows in Canada, recorded some music but never released it. It wasn't until the idea of Dead Tired formed when he decided to really get back into guitar. I guess they were at a party. Um, George of Alexis on Fire is the singer of Dead Tired. He was there and a couple other guys. And they're like, you know, you play guitar, you sing, you play drums. Let's start a band. And that's how Dead Tired formed. Their first record was kind of written on the fly like that. Franz tells us where he was at when the pandemic hit and how that allowed time to really start to focus on this new record from Dead Tired, which is called Satan Will Follow You Home. And on the title track to the new record, there's actually a saxophone on the album. So uh, we talk about how that kind of really brought him back to elementary school and playing saxophone in that ska band he was in. They're playing the Anti-Fest in December with Anti-Flag. We talk a little bit about that and about their appearance in the show The Boys. You can watch our interview with friends on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Dead Tired. Hey, what's up, friends? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, pretty good. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so yeah, much. No uh, my name is Adam, and uh, this is about you and really your journey in music. Obviously, you have a huge career in uh, tattooing, but I want to talk to you about your music career. Totally. Cool. Um, awesome. So I guess, first off, where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, mm-hmm. And then shortly after, I think maybe like grade one or so, my parents moved to uh, like Ridgeway, Fort Erie, Ontario area, which is about an hour from Hamilton. Okay, I was going to ask you how the distance from there, about an hour, you say? Yeah, it's about an hour. Okay. And what about music? Did you come from a musical household at all? Um, my dad played the piano when I was younger. And like, uh, it was one of those things that we not had to do, but it was, I don't know, kind of like when I was younger, I took piano lessons that turned to saxophone. And then once I got to like, you know, high school, I was just like, I just won't play guitar. 
<laughs> sure. Yeah. So it kind of elevated, you know, and then going back, I wish I kind of stuck with piano a little longer, but it was still nice to have that in the, in the roster a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that's funny. I don't really play any music at all. I mean, I can poorly play guitar, but um, that's one thing is like my dad and my sister can play piano really well. And I'm always like so jealous. They could just sit down and like play. I'm like, God, that yeah. sounds good. <laughs> yeah. that's what my dad was always just like sitting by the piano. He never took lessons. He could play by ear, you know, hear a song on and then just like play it. It was pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, so cool. What about like, uh, you said saxophone was something you did. Was that like in the school band or just in what dream? Yeah, like uh, when I was in public school, it was like a program that offered and we were allowed to leave class. So I was just like, all right, I'll do that. And then um, <laughs> I ended up picking it up pretty well and then kind of played in more of like an orchestra band through that. And then we played a couple like, you know, they, they do like the concert recitals and stuff and mm-hmm. And then uh, I played in like a punk ska band when I was really, oh, really? young. Yeah, and, you played, I played, and you played sax? I played sax in it. And then That's uh, cool. th- that quickly turned to guitar because I was seeing everyone else have fun with guitar. And I was like, man, I just want to do that. Yeah. Did, hung up the old you, sax. Hung it up. Do you feel like you can uh, uh, like keep some of the scale, like remember those scales and stuff from the saxophone and, and translate them onto guitar at all? Uh, it's been years since I picked up a saxophone. Actually, there's saxophone on our new record. I was going to say, I, th- I think I, I did read that you had, uh, had yeah, it on the new like, record. Was it, it was, kind of pulled from there? It was humming and hawing about, like, if I were to go purchase a saxophone and play it, or, like, we just got a friend who already had a saxophone, and, like, he ended up doing it, and it was nice to have him involved with it anyways. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how quick it would come, because I, I did play for a bunch of years. I can read music through piano and saxophone and guitar was the one that actually did everything by ear. And I didn't take any lessons or anything like that. Oh, amazing. I'm, I'm actually curious to hear how the saxophone fits onto the new, new record. It's not on any of the songs that you've put out so far, has it? No, it? it's on uh, the title track. So Satan will follow okay. you home. Um, it's loud and chaotic and nails on a chalkboard kind of saxophone. Okay. It's not just like, a, okay. It's not I'm trying pretty. to figure out how it fits in there because it's your music obviously so heavy. So I'm like, it, huh. yeah, it's definitely not, not a pretty soundy saxophone, but uh, it sounds chaotic and like tortured animals or screaming. It's, it's not, it's gnarly. <laughs> That's right. Um, so when you play or when you started guitar, you said uh, that was, you were already in the ska band playing, playing saxophone first. And then you, started guitar yeah, then, is that what you said okay yeah and then i was just like i, don't know, I just want to play guitar and then i got a guitar and then quickly joined a band okay what was yeah. that band like tell me about that band or is it oh, just friends from high school yeah it was just like a high school band like you know like get together jam play like the high school talent show and kind of stuff like that okay what did you guys do originals um we tried <laughs> okay <laughs> like your the, the talent show for example like what did you what did you play do you remember we got maybe 30 or 40 seconds into it we got unplugged oh really oh yeah yeah what were, was it just too heavy or was yeah it was like we had, we had a, a a friend from another school who like screamed in like the first like note that came out of his mouth like first First note we did, we tried to break everything like chaotically because like we just it was like monkey see monkey do. We're like, oh well, all bands go crazy. You see bands like Dillinger Escape Plan and like everyone goes nuts. So it's like let's sure. do that. And yeah, it was just immediate power off and yeah, maybe got thirty or forty <laughs> seconds into it, and then that was the, that was the end of that band. And were you? <laughs> and this was like in front of the whole school. Yeah, 
That's so awesome, though. Yeah. I'm sure that that must have been spoke about quite, you know, no, so I think we all, years had, like, to come. <laughs> we all had like pink dress shirts with black ties or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> combed our hair nice in front of our eyes. Sure, sure. Yeah, oh, totally. man, that's amazing. <laughs> Did you start in another band after that one? Um, yeah, like just jammed periodically in high school. And then uh, I played in a band later in high school and we played like the odd local show and stuff like that. And then uh, I fell into tattooing really early. So once I kind of hit that stride, I was just like, all right, I want to focus on doing this. Sure. I was going to ask you about that. So have you always, you've always, I'm sure been really good at drawing in uh, some capacity. And yeah, I was always like, you know, like in high school was drawn on stuff and like people wanted like an album art on a hat. It's like, I could just draw it with a Sharpie on it. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, I got into tattooing really, really young. So I think I just kind of put all my eggs in one basket at that point. Yeah, with with, with tattooing, um, I interviewed I won't like I interviewed Kat Von D and she had a has an album out. So we t- talked about a lot about that. But I was curious, like she kind of how she kind of cut into it was just like apprenticeships and all, you know, tattooing at an early, early age, like probably. I mean, illegally at some capacity. Uh, was that similar story for you? Like getting in, like, how did you get into it? Um, I was, I started hanging out at the tattoo shop when I was really young. And then um, that kind of migrated in, into an apprenticeship. And like, I'm only 34 and I've been tattooing, yeah, like 14 years full time. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those things that came naturally. And like, it wasn't until a handful of years ago, I started dipping back into playing music again, because that was also something that was important too. So sure. Sure. With, with uh, like, I, I, I'm just curious on the tattoo thing. Cause it's yeah. so fascinating to me um, with that. Like, what was the, were you like, how did you, um, like, was the first one you did on somebody or did you practice? Uh, first on one that? I did was on myself. Oh, okay. I've heard yeah. this before. People don't do yeah, this before. Like, so I was in a, in a room and set up a machine and like, you know, six hours later had something sort of a tattoo on my leg. You know? Okay. You did on your yeah. leg. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the next one I was on like a close friend and then it kind of like, you kind of build it up from there. Okay. That's so cool. Um, and then uh, what made you go back to music? Just I think love for it. Yeah, just like the the need of playing and like getting together with friends. And when I got into tattooing, I kind of like I broke up with my in the relationship I was in. I quit the band that I was playing in and I was just like, I just want to do this one thing. And then I felt like there was part of me that, you know, music is a big part of my life. So I needed to fulfill that uh, bit of it and I didn't want to deny it anymore. So before uh, this current band, I was playing in another band that we kind of had like a short run and then um, started playing in, in this band. Okay. So you're in another band prior then yeah, to prior. get tired. Okay. Yeah. And you, you said you had a short run. Was that something that you were doing like touring and, and everything else? Uh, we did a handful of shows with, there was like a, I think it was the chariot cancer bats and like this vicious cycle from. Oh, Ontario, wow. And then. I don't know. We got to play a bunch of shows with like living with lions. Um, and then uh, we recorded some music, but never really fully put it, put it out. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. 
So I have them somewhere on an iPod. Like, oh, that's awesome. Maybe one day they'll see the light of day, or maybe they won't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. And between the bands, or even prior to that band that you were just discussing, um, were you still going home and playing guitar at all? Yeah, I was. I was playing guitar, but not like actively as much as I do now. Um, I don't like the early days of tattooing. It was a lot of drawing, and it was just a lot of like, you know, I got to figure this thing out. Um, and I, yeah, I'd still always picked up my guitar, but like I sold most of my stuff. I was broke. Like apprenticing isn't a very like lavish lifestyle. You know, it's like right. you're not getting paid. You know, you got to kind of just got rid of everything so I could just do the tattooing thing. And then I kept one guitar. I wish I didn't sell a bunch of stuff, but you know, yeah, you gotta you gotta do, yeah. yeah, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, it sounds sold similar. My saxophone. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it sounds similar to like, even if you were in a a band starting, starting off, like, okay, we're just going to sell everything. We're going to try to to do this. It's I mean, a lot of creative, um, like career paths or endeavors like that. You have to just, you know, you're not going to be making anything and just hope that it lands. You got to believe in whatever you're doing that eventually it'll pay off either financially or just like emotionally, like, you know, it's worth it. Sure, sure. When so did you like? Was there a moment that you realized like, oh, I'm like, r- like really, really, obviously great at this tattoo thing. Like you knew I mean, you could draw, you knew you could do it, but like, was there like at one point? Is are there more and more people coming in being like, oh, you know, I want France to do blah blah blah. Yeah, over the years, you definitely saw the progression of like you know from doing one thing that you're into a month to like once a week to like two times a week. And then all of a sudden now you're like booked up with things that you enjoy doing every day. But like, I'm my own worst critic. So that's like, <laughs> I'm still never satisfied. Like I always, I don't know, just I'm, I'm proud of what I do, but I, I'm always searching for trying to do something more. Yeah. And did you, I, I like, I have a spoke, I have a tattoo or a sleeve and the guy that did my arm was telling me that he would tour around quite a bit, even like he would go to different conventions or like, oh, yeah. you know, you meet people in different cities and then it's like, oh, they want to finish their, the leg piece. And then you got to like fly to Boston or like, were you having to do that even as a tattoo artist? Yeah, I did the convention circuit and I did guest spots. I was over and like went to the UK and throughout the States and even some parts of Canada, like mostly like Montreal and area. And, you know, you did the rounds and like playing music. It's exhausting. Like, right. You know, you're sleeping in the same couple of hotels. All the cities look the same. Cause you're working. If you're working at a convention, you're just in like a hotel conference center. So it's same within a band. Like, you know, you're playing either these venues that you've played before. You maybe have a couple hours to go grab something. Usually whatever is quick is probably like, some shitty chains, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, so, the, exactly. The, the two lifestyles are like very, very similar, and it is a grind. Like even early into tattooing, you'll you'll fly to go do this convention, and you're sitting twiddling your thumbs, hoping someone will get Come tattooed. Up. Yeah. So it's like I uh, same in a band. You you know you travel all this way, you pay pay the money in gas, and you know you're playing to the sound guy and the other band. Uh, but then all of a sudden that turns to ten people, and you know and then. Then I'll like you just are there one one day and you, right now you, you got it. So I was kind of getting it. I mean, it's so, similar, yeah. very similar oh, yeah. path to a to a musician in this in the sense that you are going around trying to just scrape by and yeah, eventually like, ten t- people that get tattoos turns into fifty, turns into a hundred, and like you said, you you're now you're you know booked up. 
Yeah, and same with music. It's like the right person hears your song that can snowball into like hundreds of people. And same with you do a tattoo on someone for them, but the right person you can tattoo that can be like the flip of the coin too. So it's the same, same with music. It's like you're writing a song for whoever someone listening to in their basement or whatever, but if there's a bigger reach, you never, it can happen in a couple days. It could happen weeks or months, but you just keep on putting the grind and that's not the main focus of it anyways. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. So when, no, I think that's so fascinating and uh, it's such a cool Thing. I mean, tattooing is, I think, is so, so rad. And just the fact that you can do it. Um, my wife's really good friend, her, I guess he's her, they're not married, but essentially they're married. He's the tattoo artist. And just like, I'm just so, like jealous of what he can do. And like, the yeah. fact that you can just sit down and sketch something out that looks so beautiful and amazing. I'm like, oh man, I wish I could do that. You kind of forget about it sometimes, like when you're used to doing it every day. It's like, you kind of forget that you kind of have this thing at your disposal. Right, right. I know it's so cool. And I love. I saw something I was, just when I was researching you, and I'm sure you've talked about it a million times. But like, where you you have that cool idea where you do little sketches and you put them in that like the machine that you turn and whatever oh, you yeah. get out, you get. Yeah, we did that a handful of years ago at the previous shop that I used to work at, and it was just kind of like a fun, fun thing to do for regular clients. You know, people pay good money and getting tattoos, and it's nice to they can get something fun for like you know, a fraction of the cost and it's right. just like a, a thoughtless, but cool thing. And the stuff that was in there was like, there's lots of funny stuff and a lot of pop culture-y things like, you know, Count Chocula and a <laughs> pop marshmallow, man. Like, I don't know, stuff that me, when I was a kid, I'd be like, man, I would get that tattooed. And I was sure. still get <laughs> the one i think i saw was like on a buzzfeed article like uh you did like drake and oh yeah bar, bar, yeah that, bar one really blew, that one really blew up it's like the kind of kicker with all those things is like i put so much time and work into doing these big elaborate thoughtful tattoos and like on my tombstone i'm gonna be the drake tattoo simpsons guy you know what i mean it's no. like yeah. but like i don't know it's like, that's the way that people consume stuff too so Sure. And in a similar way to, to music, did you have to move out of uh, where you were living to, to, you know, pursue tattooing? Um, or was there a pretty big scene or was there a shop that you could work at uh, well, around was, your hometown? I was that like, I started out in Welland, Ontario, which is small, small town, but like the Niagara music scene was great. Um, and I was very fortunate enough to link up with lots of touring bands. Every time they came through the area, you know, I tattoo them. They oh, okay. wrap me at the show. They put me in their MySpace top 10. Like, you know what I mean? Like stuff like yeah. that. It was, it was really supportive. And like my parents let me live at home for free, which is like, they didn't have to do that. So sure. I was able to kind of hold the ground. And like, I did the baby steps of like workout small town. Then I, kind of went came back to my Hamilton roots and then I went and worked in Toronto for seven years and then you know now I have my own shop back here in Hamilton and it's kind of nice just to go come and go as I please you know at the yeah, shop definitely and so tell me about starting dead tire because you guys uh formed what 2015 is that what I saw yeah I mean it was we were you put a record at, out around then yeah so it was probably shortly before we were at a friend's birthday and there was a bunch of people all of us standing around like the original dead tired lineup because it's changed many times as the bands kind of progressed. And, uh, everyone was like, Oh, you play drums, you play guitar. Oh, you sing like, why don't we, let's just start a like 
a fun band. And the, the first dead tired record was just a group of us getting together. And like, we ding that out within the month or something, like, you know, it was just like fun jamming, like kind of, then we went through some member changes and started being like, well, maybe we should treat this not as like just a bunch of guys getting together and putting out a record and we started to put more thought into stuff. And then, and that, me and George are like the only original two out of like the idea of dead tired. Oh, really? And yeah. were you writing music before you guys got together? I mean, it sounds like you or Lara like, oh yeah, you, you play drums or whatever, but like, did you have like guitar riffs or, or, or no, bits like, of we songs? Just kinda, or? We did everything on the fly for that. Um, oh, first, wow. First, first record, it was like, we're, we're jamming at like a, a small room in like a cooking warehouse where they sold like <laughs> kitchen supply stuff. And, you know, we get together a couple times a week and like someone would have a idea and by the end of the practice we'd have a song and then we set up time to record it even without like you know we probably should have been a little bit more practiced going into <laughs> recording but uh that's the vibe we were going for on the first yeah. one was like you say it's cool like kind of a messy to it. Yeah, yeah messy 80s kind of hardcore record you know it's like mm-hmm. little to no thought put in it but sure. still you know intentional yeah 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 well, how did you know how did you meet george through tattooing um i met like I knew some of the other dudes in Alexis prior to really meeting George. Um, okay. uh, but George, he was always here in Hamilton and like I, my feet have been firmly placed in Hamilton for a while. So he was always DJing at different bars and like, you know, we'd go hang out and like, I knew him through mutual friends and we, like, we'd kind of have casual hangouts and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, when, once we started like doing this, it was nice to kind of blossomed even more of a, like a closer friendship. Mm-hmm. And um, then so you, yeah, you're just hanging out, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, you, like you said, let's just kind of jam out something." And then it became yeah. what became Dead Tired. Yeah. Ori- well, originally George was going to play, sing, and play guitar. Oh, interesting. And then um, I think some of the du- some of the original lineup dudes they had one jam before, and then I I played guitar because George just wanted to focus on doing Singing. one thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard uh, to sing him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he's so energetic. It's like, because even in Alexis, he just sings, yeah. right? I mean, he's, he's, so, he's a good guitar player. He's, he's got some riffs. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't realize that. Like even, uh, even on our new record, there's a song that we kind of blossomed out of like a George riff. So, uh, so like for the longest time, the working title was uh, Griff. It was just George riff. So. <laughs> That's a rad Griff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've never met him. I've I've interviewed Wade uh, of of the band, and he he's such a cool he's such a cool guy. Um, so oh, I yeah. only imagine how cool George must be as well. Um, but so with this new record, when do you guys start putting it together? Because if you put the first album out a handful of years ago, I mean, what was going on in between then? Just you them, you know, they, he's got other projects. You were probably focusing on tattooing, maybe opening up your store and yeah. shop and everything else. I mean, it was nice because like we put out the first record and then we had a bunch, like we'd still get together and jam every once in a while. And then we put out a series of different seven inches that turned into like one record. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was on like full volume. So the one that was previous. Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was a collection of a, a bunch yeah. of songs. Right. And then, um, then kind of everyone got busy. It's like Alexa started playing shows again. I wanted to focus on opening the tattoo shop. So we kind of agreed 
we played some song or some shows like in 2019. Then the September I opened the shop and I was like, yo guys, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Christmas hit, which normally Christmas, we always just chill. Uh, and then Alexis had some stuff and then we had a bunch of stuff booked from March onward. Um, oh, and really? then pandemic hit. So it really wasn't, an, it was like an unintentional hiatus of the band. So we ended up just not doing anything from September 2019 till now. Now? Wow. Um, Unintentionally, because we're like, oh, yeah, we'll I'll do the tattoo thing, then Christmas, then Alexis does their thing. And then, yeah, March, we'll, we already had, we were doing a run of shows with, like, Cancer Bats. Uh, we had a, a few other things in the pocket, and, like, that all, all got canceled. So it was, yeah, just one of those things where, like, oh, well, we haven't done anything in a while so yeah with the with the was the record already being written or is that something that picked up during the pandemic um i mean we would get together and jam because like even in our jam space it's like sometimes we'll set up uh proper jam nights and it just turns into hanging out like so we, we try and do that at least once a week whether it's playing music or just getting together um and through that there was song ideas that kind of blossomed and when the pandemic hit, like I was off work and I was just like, well, I just, I'm just going to go to the, our studio every day and play guitar. And then we had a handful of stuff ready to go. So that's when we kind of decided maybe we'll, we'll try and record a record. Okay. And wh- when do you, when do you start recording the record? Cause I know Alexis recorded a record too. So was that, like, did you have to juggle with what George is doing on that side too? Yeah. Like we started in March of last year. Okay. Um, and Alexis was recording kind of similar time. Um, but it, it didn't really matter. Cause like the, at the, with the unknowns of whatever was happening, it was just like, yeah, limitless time. <laughs> lim- yeah. So it, was like, it didn't matter like when, what the progress on their record or ours was. And like our record, we did all ourselves. Um, the other guitar player, Marco, he has a studio called, we call it like dead quarters. And so we recorded all our stuff. Uh, so there was no set timeline. Like we could record once a week or twice a week, but me and Marco were there almost every day. Cause that's all we were like wanting to focus on. Mm-hmm. And it's cause you were probably not allowed to tattoo, right? No, I was off. And I mean, even at one point there's a gray area of like, should we even be hanging out? Um, and me and, the other guitar player were just like, well, I don't know. We haven't, it's just the two of us. So like, yeah, we'll go to see anyone anyway, probably we'll go to the studio. And like, it felt weird. It felt like you were doing something wrong, but like playing music felt really good at the time. So I was like, I don't know. I'm not like one, you know, I was like, I was like, well, I just want to do this. Like, it's almost like a back to like a teenage sense of like, yeah. I don't know if I should be doing it. We probably shouldn't be doing this, but that kind of makes it cool that we are doing this. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'd be, going, we'd be unlocking our studio and just be like looking around. <laughs> where like no one's like watching us. But like it, I think it without doing that, I don't know. It was, it was weird. Yeah. So it was worth, worth the trade off. Sure, sure. And then you got an amazing record out of it. I love the songs that you've put out so far. I was listening to them oh, cool, earlier thanks. today. Yeah. And uh, you have a couple of videos, too, that you've put together. Yeah. Yeah, and another love, like, video. The... And then there's uh, another video that's going to be coming out with the release in a couple of weeks, too. Very cool. And I saw... Okay, it's funny. Um, 
You guys were in that. Sh- you guys were in a show, right? Uh, yeah, the the boys. The but... the boys. And what's really bizarre about that is I have a fourteen year old, and he was watching that show last night. Like he he was he has just kind of he's in season two now. I think that's when you guys are yeah. in it, right? Season two. And I we had, we were at like the pool for our neighborhood, and my neighbor was talking about the show, and I'm like, oh my god, like. Yeah, my son is watching that. Like he was watching it when I left, and I had never, I never heard of it. And he's like, "Yeah, it's like the superhero and like show, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I think Robert was watching that." And then I look, I was reading about you guys, and then you were on the show. It was like such as weird, like yeah, full connection. Yeah, between like literally yesterday and today, like I've heard about the show three times, so now I have to go watch it. It's great. Tell me, yeah, tell me about being in that, and what was that experience like? It was fun experience, like. Actually, when I was talking earlier, but uh, when we played those shows um, in September, uh, the director came to come see us. Really? And, yeah, we're Were playing, you playing at, in uh, Canada. Is he is he from Canada as well? No, he's not. But uh, we're playing at the the Horseshoe. It's like a pretty well known venue in Toronto, and okay. uh, great show. And I guess he heard about us via someone, and they were looking for like a crazy energetic band to like do the scene so he came to basically scout us out to see us and uh it was a wild show like shows packed like fun sweaty we finished playing off the stage and he came up to me and he's like hey man uh so and so uh i'd really like you to be on on my show and then i was just like ah cool man uh like just give me a sec or here's my <laughs> cell phone number text me yeah. in a couple of days yeah sure enough like he, he bought he bought a record from us he bought a shirt and then a couple days later i get this text and yeah then i was just like oh shit this is yeah this is way cooler than i like this is gonna be wild it's gonna be fun so just so, kind of oh, did you know what show did he tell you like what show it was and did you have any idea what he's talking about or are you like not, this guy? not at first yeah <laughs> and then yeah i got a text a couple you know my phone lit up and it's like an unknown number and looked him up and then i was like oh yeah cool and then uh in the October is when we recorded it. That's rad. And you guys, did, did you play your own song on there? Yeah. Or like how did, how, yeah. It's, so I don't, I don't know what, what I haven't seen the scene, but now I know what episode and everything I, from what I was reading. So now I have to go back and watch it today with my, my son. If he's, if he's that far into season two yet. <laughs> yeah. That was another thing. It was like, it was cool that it's not like they just wanted us to be a band on, you know, a show and like air guitar to stuff. Like they wanted to use our song we sent them a couple songs and then they picked the one that they wanted. And then um, rather than using like the one that was on the record, cause it's from the first record uh, uh-huh. we recorded like a live version of it. So then that way it's a different, more organic version of it. And it sounds like a live performance rather than like, you know, you're shooting a music video and you're, you're playing along to record a track. Oh, wow. So when did you do the live version of the song? Um, quickly after they asked us, like we, we recorded, uh, a version of dead tired, which is mm-hmm. a, like the t- title track of the first dead tired record. And then punks at the gym. And that's the one that they ended up picking. So we gave them the two options and, uh, we have those recordings somewhere. They're pretty cool. Like I actually enjoy those two recordings of those songs better than the recording on the record. The original. Wow. And you yeah. haven't released them though. You, you or do you plan no, on no, releasing maybe. those? put them up on like bank app or something. Be yeah, cool. that's cool. And you have a handful of shows coming up, right? Uh, you're doing a tour and then you're also playing the uh, anti-fest. Well, we, yeah, we're doing the anti-fest. Uh, it's hard right now with like George's Alexa schedule. 
Um, oh, so, sure. Because they're doing a big tour right now. Yeah. So what, what I did is I ordered literally a six foot long dry erase calendar for our studio. And we've all like blocked off our availability. And, you know, we're, we're going to get together and go in and pick some, uh, some days to do some fun stuff, both locally and then do some fun, cool things, you know, some small shows, maybe some pop-up shows. And realistically, I'd love to play like some sort of free all ages show. Yeah, it'd be cool. But uh, yeah, for sure. We'll, yeah. we'll find the pocket because everyone's between work and Alexis tours and, and life. It's like, it's, it's hard. Five adults life to find time. Yeah. But, and five well, working adult. I mean, as far as like yeah. what you've got going on, what he's got going, you know, there's just a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of moving pieces probably to put together to oh carve out God. some time. Totally. Um, but the, the, the anti-fest will be a lot of fun. That's coming yeah, up. That, that's one that's, it's nice to have that in the pocket where it's like, okay, this is like something for people to look forward to. It's definitely not going to be the first show back that we're playing. Oh, it's not. But, okay. I was going to ask about that too. It's not, it's not till December. So Oh yeah, the tickets go on sale to today, yeah. I believe, a pre-sale today. Yeah. 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 So okay. I, some... I was getting the dates all confused. I know that it that yeah. Anyway, sorry. So all the right. show is until December. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna do some, you know, we'll figure out some fun stuff. It's nice we have the option of like I don't know, you can just find a venue, pick it, and the week later you can be like, Hey, we're playing here. Um, it's nice to have that option too, where you don't have to make these big elaborate plans like we can get friends bands to play it's usually what i'll usually throw the local hometown shows like i put them on and then i get friends bands to play and they're always a great night it's like playing is is always fun but it's like not the focus of the evening it's just like hanging with friends hanging with your friends yeah yeah that's so cool and i appreciate your time today friends this has been awesome thank you so much yeah thank you so much for chatting yeah, I love the record. Like I said, I can't wait to hear the song that has the saxophone in it. Yeah, man. Like, it, gets, it gets pretty weird. It's like we kind of put out some songs that were a little bit more familiar to the dead, tired ear. And then the domestic is a little bit of a curveball. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. On it, and then the rest of the record's got it's got some surprises on it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it, man. That's yeah. such a uh, when I was reading about it, I'm like, I need to ask him. That doesn't make sense that there's a there's a sax on this album. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's killer. Well, I have uh, one last question for you. I want to know if you have uh, any advice for aspiring artists, whether that be you know artistic as far as drawing and, and maybe tattooing or or musician or or how that like if you just have any advice at all. I mean, we're all guilty of it when you start a band or you start becoming an artist. You pick people that you're so fixated on and who you who you would like to be. You're like, I want to be like that guy. I want to tattoo like that person or i want to draw like that person or i want to sound like that band and then the more you let go is when you start finding a a better curve for you and that's immediately when i started finding success is when i stopped fixating on what i wanted to be and just kind of was like well i'm just going to do what i i do and what comes natural and like whether it's drawing or tattooing or you know if you're writing a guitar riff and that's how you kind of start sculpting your look in art and your sound and music. And it's a constant like way of learning how to like, just let go and do what comes natural. And I think the more that you do, the better you'll do it. <laughs>